Welcome back, everybody. It is Locked On Bulldogs, and we got our man, Brian Smith, back. Hey, Brian, let's put you in the right picture so people know who the heck you are. And then we're talking recruiting today, and recruiting never stops for UGA, the SEC, as well as college football. We got a couple names, a couple of tackles. We got one in the fold. We might get more crystal balls, all that coming, as well as a safety who is big time. We're going to get his thoughts on all things Georgia recruiting next on Locked On Bulldogs. You are Locked On Bulldogs, your daily podcast on the Georgia Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, everybody. This is Locked On Bulldogs, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen, and we want to welcome to the show Brian Smith, recruiting guru extraordinaire down in the South. Brian, how are you doing on this lovely day? Doing well. Uh, happy uh, happy holiday season. Uh, this is kind of an unusual long weekend for some people, I'm sure, that uh, wanted to get the fourth connected to their weekend, so I hope everybody's safe. I uh, hope everybody is safe. Hope everybody did not start celebrating way too early. I hope you are doing that. <laughs> That's that happened Bad already. Idea. Bad idea, yeah, it was a it was a five day weekend for a lot of folks. Friday, I saw a lot of things shutting down already, and people were excited. Uh, if that is you, glad to celebrate on that for you. We're coming back with recruiting stuff. Georgia gets a tackle in the fold, and if you look at what's happening in Georgia right now, uh, with on the recruiting trail, there is a lot of smoke to a couple of more tackles everywhere. Get the kid uh, out of uh, the north side of Yankee, come on down, re- uh, gets committed to the dogs. And all of a sudden, we have more and more Ryan Puglisi, as well as other dogs, are tweeting at some other tackles, some other big trench monsters. Uh, and so I wanted to talk to you about these tackles today and get an understanding of where Georgia stands with a few of them. And the first name I want to bring up who's not there is Nair Daniels. Uh, this kid is, you want to talk about big, 6'8", 340, out of New Jersey. Big old Haas, four-star rated, depending on where you're looking at, out of the state of New Jersey. Uh, if you're looking at Nair Daniels, Brian, what can you tell us about this kid and what he brings? Just what you would think. He's a power right tackle that wants to run over people. <laughs> I think Georgia could play him at guard because of how they run their system traditionally. But as Kirby has opened up the offense a little bit, and he's gained a little more trust in the passing game. Maybe he moves him inside because he wants better pass protectors. I, I don't know. But power player had offers from across the country. Texas and Georgia, for instance, don't just recruit New Jersey players for fun. You know, you're going to go there to get somebody that's really good or you're not going to mess with it at all. So I really like his upside. They just got to reshape his body, which is part of what Georgia's done for years. And Kirby's strength and conditioning program will get that done if he ends up at the University of Georgia. That's right. Yeah, you look at that power tackle, move it down to guard. And this is what we have to think. I think we have to remember, again, in recruiting, his position does say offensive tackle. And if he works out there, great, fantastic. But if we know anything about the SEC, we know anything about what Kirby does, finding the best five offensive yeah. linemen 
is the key, and then we'll we'll switch around from there. And we could think of a lot of power tackles. Six eight three forty does not really happen. We could think of a lot of those in Georgia's history. Some panned out, some didn't. But we're thinking, even if he's a power mauler, all of a sudden the name that comes to mind for Georgia fans is Ben Cleveland. You know, the five star kid oh, sure. guard, and we just mauler upon mauler for Nair Daniels. And again, this New Jersey connection, this Eastern Seaboard, all of a sudden up there in the Northeast. And and don't. Dog fans, don't sleep on this because we have roots up there. Thanks to Fran Brown and a couple that's of ex- I was waiting for you to say that because that's the connection. That's the connection. So so we've talked before on this podcast of recruiters and how great they are in Kirby and, and all the rest. Sam Pittman was a great recruiter for offensive line. He, he just – people love playing for him. I hope he makes it Arkansas. I hope they have a good year. I, I doubt that he will last much longer, but he's really suited well to just – kids love playing for him. And Fran Brown, it seems the same exact thing is happening here. Um, what do you give the chances? Now you're done. You said a couple other you know schools in on him. Rutgers being in state, he's not going to Rutgers, but Florida, Auburn, Texas, Georgia. What do you think Georgia has? What, what's the percentage chance with already who we have in the fold um, of landing a guy like Nair? I think as far as the commitment, uh, there's two parts to this. Getting the commitment, I don't vote against Georgia very often. Um, Texas is the kind of the other school. They've got a little bit of a thing going in New Jersey too. They would be a wild card for me, but I'm going. I'm going dogs. I'm going to say 50% or higher. And out of all the other schools, it's like 10 to 20% for each one. Kids change their mind, even if the, he called Kirby already. It doesn't mean much. Let's keep that in mind. These 16 to 18 year olds, things change rather quickly. I got caught off guard with a couple of commitments in the last three, four days that went to schools that I did not see coming. So yeah. I'm a little like, wait, I would what? And it's just. It's part of it, man. Uh, This is the time of year for surprises. But if there is a consistency in recruiting right now, it's Georgia. When they're like you hear a crystal ball or whatever, they don't typically move far from that. So I'm going UGA. Uh, That's exactly right. Hey, we're going to come back after this and we're going to get more news on a potential another tackle, which we can't have too many of those. But first, these messages. Right now, I want to let you know about FanDuel. FanDuel is the most important place to be if you like sports wagering, which we do on this podcast. If my co-host Daniel was here with me, we'd be talking about the over-unders on Ronald Acuna making MVP, the juice you can get on that and go ahead and take it. If he's going to steal a base, if you can get action on that, he's going to steal a base. Uh, the Braves are going to get the NL pennant. I mean, all of these things you could bet on a FanDuel right now. FanDuel.com slash locked on. They are incredible. They are safe. They are secure. They are the official locked on podcast sportsbook as well as locked on Bulldogs. We love being there. It's where we only play, put our money and do that. The season win totals are about to come out. We're going to get game action lines on a couple of games uh, for college football coming out very, very, very soon and get in on the action. FanDuel.com slash locked on right now. If you put in a first time deposit and you make a bet and your bet does not cash, if for whatever reason you cannot get that, FanDuel will give you $1,000 in bonus bets right back at you. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more. I'm back with Brian. Brian, let's talk about another fantastic name in the recruiting circles, another big offensive tackle. This time, let's go down south to Georgia, and that's Daniel Calhoun out of Marietta, another four-star tackle, uh, nationally 70th ranked, 6'6", 6'7", somewhere in there, 355, so another just 
big old dude. Georgia has seen a kind of a transition in who they recruit. We used to just get the biggest, baddest guys under Pittman. Then we went a little leaner, got some zone coverage, and then all of a sudden we're back now to kind of a mix-and-match approach. Uh, this is a very interesting time. So, Daniel Calhoun, tell us who this cat is. Is he a true tackle? Is he an offensive lineman and guard can move around? Is he power? What does he bring to the table? Uh, first off, the backstory on this, when I met him the first time, he was a freshman in high school at Under Armour. Um, and I didn't know who he was, walked up. He was with a couple of other kids I was interviewing, said, hey, well, who are you, et cetera? And he told me, and I said, you're going to be a senior next fall. He said, no, sir, I'm going to be a sophomore. And he was 340 pounds. Jeez. So, I mean, he's always been huge. Um, and kids like that don't normally get invited to Under Armour, but he's got great feet. So, plays in the Atlanta area. Always been a power player, but he started to change his body a little bit. Still needs to go further. Don't get me wrong. Like college weight training is a completely different deal. But I think he can be a guard or a tackle. It really doesn't matter. He's one of the few guys that I just – if he wants – if he tells Kirby he wants to play guard, Kirby should shake his head yes. If he tells he wants to play tackle, Kirby should shake his head yes. It just doesn't matter. He has the upside to do either. And Mahler is the first thing he is because that's he's always just been bigger than everybody. But, again, he's just starting to learn the technique. And pass pro I don't think is fun for any offensive tackle, but no. he does it pretty well. Um, in the SEC, though, I mean, they're going up against guys sometimes that are 100 or less pounds than them. It's awkward at times. You're going to get beat sometimes. But he's also able to wean on some of these guys and wear them out. So I think he'll probably end up playing both in college. He might start out at guard, and as he learns more, move to tackle. Especially if you, if you go to UGA, you're not going to be promised to walk right in and be like the number two LT. You know, it takes a while to get to that spot. Alabama, Georgia, schools like that, usually got to work your way to that, even Calhoun, who's a national top 100 kid but great yeah, young like, man and great great talent and like we said you know with michael already committing uh, earlier this week uh out of uh, texas a uh, 67 290 so a little bit leaner yeah he's cat. a small guy he's a small guy yeah i mean which which is incredible <laughs> just think about that think about it's that hilarious. it's <laughs> hilarious we're talking 67 290 we're talking this is this is back when i when i used to play this is now big old hog molly over there right the joe thomas t- left tackle and now sure. we're talking 68350 is is the average which yeah, is just I mean, insane it really is so if we're looking at a guy like michael who's committed earlier this week and he's already in the fold, and he's uh, more of that footwork, could be a true tackle. And, and now you get two guys who are maulers, could be that right tackle position as well as going to guard. Uh, all of a sudden, you, you got a whole stew working with how you can mix and match that. And one guy who is a true mauler, one guy who could determine it. And, and this is, again, the lotto ticket that is recruiting. You get them on a campus, you see their body transformation, and you see their footwork. And if they can take coaching and they can take a strength and conditioning, Scott and all the rest of the guys at Georgia are going to get that done. And if they could take that, then you let the chips fall where they may. And this is what's beautiful about this. So all of you who want to argue. All of you who want to argue with, no, this guy is a guard. This guy's a tackle. Here's stop. Just, just stop. Let them let the chips fall where they may. Get them in. Get them in the strength and conditioning. Get them into coaching, and let's see what happens. But it's exciting that these guys. It seems that that power mauler again is in their DNA, and you always need that in the S. Again, Kirby is going to accentuate the trenches and say. No, this is where I really, really want to put my my bread and butter. It's got to be in the trenches. And we're getting more and more, it seems. Uh, really quick, any other tackles? There's like four or five guys linked to Georgia right now. Any of those tackles besides those two that we've mentioned that we should keep an eye on, on? Or is there not really a lot of movement with the rest of the guys? I wouldn't say there's never movement with Kirby. 
I think he likes recruiting to the point where even people that get inside info like me, you never have all the information. I know there's some people that are really tight with the Georgia staff and even they're surprised once in a while. So he has, in my opinion, and I know there's some fan bases that are probably get mad at this, the best job of a contingency plan of any of the elite programs. Like let's say one of these kids that just committed or will commit six months from now, something could change. He'll have a backup plan for it. So yes, there's always somebody else. There, there are probably some kids that are committed elsewhere that everybody thinks are quote unquote solid yeah. that I guarantee you George is talking to. Yeah. So I'm, the answer is always yes. Always yes. I'm reminded of that uh, scene in Moneyball where they do the trade uh, and the trade happens and he then says, I want more. I'm keep going out of it. And, and exactly. his assistant's like, no, 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 right. chill. We got we got what we wanted. He goes, I want more. You know, that's Kirby's mentality on the recruiting. 100%. Show. And that's why they're winning. Always be stop. greedy for it. And there's never yeah. a bad thing. Be greedy after recruits. Uh, we're going to come back after this. And there's a name Georgia fans are very keen on. Very keen. And the 199 loyal third segment listeners, come back and listen to Brian talk about that. But first this. Back with Brian Smith as we talk all things Georgia football and recruiting. By the way, welcome to the 199. If you're not part of the 199, get over to bonfire.com slash store slash the 199 to get your merch. We'll have new stuff coming up for this season, but get over there, get a t-shirt, get a hoodie, all the fun stuff. And if you're a loyal third segment listener, you're glad that you stuck around because I'm going to use the name that everybody is talking about. And that is KJ Bolden sets a commitment date for August 5th. Got five schools in that little graphic. Who knows how many others this just in all the others have been after this kid brian what can you tell us about kj bolden's recruitment so far with this august 5th date looming out there uh the last time i communicated with him was a couple weeks ago thought it was georgia or ohio state i still do auburn and florida state have tried to make a move among other schools but here's the interesting part since then he has had a teammate added in rayola Mm. you know what i mean like i i didn't realize it at first but i was thinking about it yesterday i'm like I wonder why Rayola picked there. I mean, he could have went to a lot of schools in Georgia that are really good. He picks Buford. I'm guessing that they're going to go to school together. I didn't really have an opinion on where KJ was going to go. And then I thought about that, and I'm like, it only makes sense, right? I mean, yeah, technically he doesn't have to, but I'm going Georgia. I have not spoken to KJ in the last week or so, but that's my rationale. Um, it's been Ohio State or UGA at the top for a long time, and some of the other schools working to try to try to catch up, but. If he, if he picks out a hat that's not UGA, I'm going to be really surprised. Uh, it's really, really, really wild to me to think about a kid. Uh, Ohio State, look, you, you can say what they want about Ryan Day and the offense. They have prolific offenses. Defenses, every so often you get a couple kids from the Midwest who are legacy at linebacker or legacy at defensive end, and they just got another kid on the defensive line, five-star. And so they're, they're making some moves, right, on that front. But if you're talking – to the number one overall recruit every single day. If you're having lunch, if you're working out together, if you're doing that, even just simply a bond, a friendship, uh, a relationship in which you say, I'm going to lead the offense, you lead the defense, let's meet in the middle for championships and a run at playoffs. That does something to a kid. Again, remember, all of these guys are alphas. All of these guys love playing with the best. And so, yeah, if you're talking shop with the number one recruit in the nation day after day, 
that does something for Georgia. I, too, believe that it would be shocking if it's not Georgia. Ohio State, I could see make a push. Again, don't discredit them. 100%. Dog fans, don't do this where it's like, well, clearly the defense in Kirby and DBs. Yeah, okay, that's clear to us. But these kids, again, they're kids, and they want to have fun, and they want to do their thing. They want to enjoy their recruitment. So August 5th date is going to be circled on a lot of dog fans' calendars. I give ourselves a great shot. Crystal balls going for our direction as well. There's a lot of smoke there. Uh, Brian, anything else we should know on the recruiting trail? Any other tidbits that Georgia fans should know before we end today? I think there's one other thing, and that's it's not over. Uh, forget about the commitment dates. I'm getting messages and this is just random, but there's a lot of kids that can kind of shift around their dates and also just pop. Not everything is scheduled. So just keep that in mind. UGA and otherwise, there's going to be some surprises before the end of the month of June or July, excuse me. Uh, again, this is, he said this before, Brian has said this many times, June and July is cr- guys. It's crazy. It's insane. It's like the Cold War. Things are happening behind the scenes that nobody knows about until it's public. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh, wow. Uh, So get ready for that. Uh, Brian, where can the guys and gals of Locked On interact with you best? At uh, FBScout underscore Florida on Twitter and on YouTube. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this month finishes. I'm going to do a big podcast kind of about how the SEC unfolded. Obviously, Georgia will be a part of that. I'm looking forward to that because right now I'm still waiting on some guys, Williams to one area and different guys like that. Nobody knows. So we're, we're waiting. <laughs> uh, get over, follow him, FB Scout underscore Florida on Twitter. Brian, thanks so much. And thank you for listening and watching Locked On Bulldogs, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We will be back tomorrow. And just this heads up, we have a very, very interesting interview with one Alan Judd of the AJC coming up where we'll be asking him, why is he writing what he's writing about Georgia? Uh, we'll see you all then.